You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. One of um, the more popular books that's come out, I would say, the last, I don't know, maybe 30, 50 years maybe on golf are the uh, Dave Pell's Bibles, right? The putting Bible. I had them all. Short game Bible. I think maybe his best book was his damage control book, which very few people know about. Yeah, that was the, imagine that, the yeah. one that was the least read <laughs> was the most important book because it didn't say fix putting, fix short game. It didn't like, give a drill. I don't need damage control. What is this? Yeah, there's no drills. <laughs> It actually taught you course management, which no one wants to talk about. Not back then. No, it's kind of the, becoming more prevalent now. But he was he was actually way ahead of, way ahead of his time in almost everything. And all of it, yeah. I mean, he he took a very fact based data coach. collected data on everything. Which, NASA NASA scientist, I yeah, think. yeah, and which is all you know. That's all we're doing. Yeah, just collecting data on these great players and, and and helping guys kind of make make changes to their swing. But yeah, Damon's control more than any other of those other books had um, such a huge impact because it, it was right at the time where I was like, you know, you're in tournament golf and you can always think about, especially reading that book, you can always think back and like, yeah, I did that exact same thing at that exact same time and it completely derailed my round or yeah, I had that option and I chose option A when I should have chose option B and you just start to kind of really go through your own memory banks and figure out how, yeah, this can save me a ton of strokes over the course of a season. God, I just always talk about junior golf because I played a lot of it growing up. My dad is caddying for me. There's always some funny stories. And uh, <laughs> can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, there was a time when I got crooked with the driver off the tee. It was a pretty good spell, and I was hitting it in the trees. <laughs> and, uh, you know, third hole, I hit it in the trees. I'm like, Dad, I'm going to hit this shot. How you know, old? I was probably 13. <laughs> dad, I'm going to hit this shot. Right at the age where you listen to everything your dad says. Yeah. Like, See that hole there? He's like, Sean. <laughs> Sean. No. Dad, I, I, I got the shot. I'm, I'm, I got the wedge. It's the hole. And I hit the trees. Fifth hole comes around. I'm in the trees again. I try to punch out some thread the needle shot. I hit the trees again. So after a while, you know, the rule was – if I was in the trees, I, if I hit the trees coming out of the trees, he was dropping the bag and going back to the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so my number one rule, and I've taught the juniors that I've worked with over the years, the number one rule on damage control is when in the trees, the number one rule is do not hit the trees coming out of the trees. I don't care what you have to do. Do not stay in the trees and hit the trees again coming out. I mean, t- taken from his book, he had the 80% rule. And he said he got everybody to buy into it but Mickelson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we all think we're Phil Mickelson. That's so funny. That's a talented human. But 
you know, that stuck with me, that 80%. And when I first read that, I think I played maybe two, three weeks of, of golf by myself, you know, up trying to apply that 80% rule. And it was amazing how well it worked. It wasn't always fun because you're by yourself and you don't want to play punch out golf when you're by yourself, but it lowered my scores. And then the very first tournament I got in after that, it was like, I'd never heard it and went back to the same thread, the needle shots. And you just kick yourself walking up to it. It's like, it's so easy to grasp. So hard to put in practice. It's like almost playing like play the averages better. You know, it's like, okay, I could thread the needle and punch this out and get it up by the green. I might get it up and down from there and get my par. But I know if the worst I'm going to – to me, it just means double bogey control. You, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you can come back from a bogey. Yes, you know, you're, playing, you're playing competitive golf. You can survive bogeys. I've heard David say, you know, make a bogey. Yeah. Double bogey's hard to come back. That's two birdies now you're talking about. So if you're looking at a shot saying, okay, if I miss this, I'm going to make an eight. Yeah. Or I can just chip out, take my medicine, take my bogey. If you do that over the course of a season, you're probably going to be see quite a bit of difference in your scores because you're not going to make par as much as you think anyway by, by threading the needle. I, I would recommend everybody do that. I, I, what, I, what I did after I did those three weeks – like I'm, I'm now all of a sudden my mind's a steel trap. I'm never making another bogey, <laughs> and then I get my first tournament and completely lost my mind. And then I've forced myself after that to play when I would go out. I was like practicing by myself because I could hit different shots and you know didn't have to worry about anything. I would always hit two balls when I would go in those situations. It would be in the trees or whatever. Have a, you know, maybe a, a tough force carry or, you know, lay it over here to the right and have a better shot. I would make myself hit both options. And then keep score with those two options. And it never failed. Occasionally you would tie, but you know, even when you're playing for no worse than bogey, sometimes you're still gonna slop in a par. Exactly. But you're very rarely, if ever, unless you just completely make a physical mistake, are gonna make that double or triple or or X. No, there's there's no there's no doubt about it. Just sometimes taking your medicine, get the ball back out in the fairway. Work on your wedge game. I mean, that's where working on your wedge game comes in. Yeah. I mean, if you have a deadly wedge game from 100 yards and in, you're not all that worried if you've got a 60-yard shot. I mean, when I was playing a lot, I'm, I'm trying to stuff those things, right. you know, because you're working on your wedge distances constantly. So that's part of damage control, too. Great wedge players can afford – good wedge players and good putters can afford to be a little more conservative because they've got a better chance of getting up and down. Yeah, and, and there's you're going to learn so much from – from applying that kind of mentality in your game. One, you're going to learn how important it is to be good off the tee. Oh, my God. That's the rule number one. Right? Because if you're, if you're, if you're trying uh, the 80% rule on half the holes, you got an issue. Yeah. You, you, a number one for damage control, you have to be able to drive the ball. It's a number one skill in golf. Yeah. Yeah, no question. It's like, you know, what was it? Putt for show or drive for dough, putt for show? Yeah, drive for dough, putt for no. show. Yeah. Uh, pu- dry, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is show. now. Drive yeah. for dough it's now. Changed, yeah. Right. It really. I mean, it, it's being able to drive it far and straight and in play is such a massive advantage because you know you get the closer you get to the green, the proximity gets closer, right from the from the iron shots. Mm-hmm. Putts get easier at that point. So, a number one, if you're punching out a lot, go work on your driver a little bit. That's dam- That's a, that's, that's a major one. damage control right there. That's number one. Then, you know uh, it. Thankfully, 
it's more people are more aware now with uh, with the PJ Tour, you know, adopting the strokes gained, and then you have you know the apps that are available now. Like golfers are at least in the back of their mind aware of some of these percentages and odds, but it's still when when you've just coming off a bogey, and you're in the trees and you you got I I know I've seen myself thread that needle before. Like I know I physically can do it. Yeah. What am I likely to do? Exactly. Like start adopting the what am I likely to do? Ten times I hit this shot. How many times am I likely to thread that needle? Yeah. And to kind of keep going on this, a lot of golfers haven't. You know, th- there's ways to take advantage even coming out of the trees. Like Mike and I have played enough. If I get in the trees, I'll pick a safe line, but I've learned over the years how to put a massive amount of curve on the ball. Mm-hmm. So I'll pick a safe line out of the trees, but with a lot of slice spin, let's say, and right. I can get it up there in front of the green. If if you've never – like some of your practice time can be devoted to hitting curves. Like learn how to curve the ball. I mean, most of the guys that come into the studio, uh, I would bet they pro- – if I told them to hit a 50-yard hook and a 50-yard slice in two separate balls, they couldn't do it. They just they just don't know how to do it. No, I think most golfers now, and this this is for a lot of reasons behind this. Uh, there's fewer and fewer places where you can practice golf, right? So most people just practice standing on a flat driving range, hitting the same shot, and that's fine. There's a, there's a you need to do that most of the time. But that's not that's not practicing the skills for scoring. It's, that's working. That's just practicing hitting a ball off a flat line, which is you don't really do that very often. It's not, and I, I mean, I worked, had a lot of juniors over the years, and I would take them. I'd have groups of juniors sometimes. I'd take them. We'd just walk the course, and I'd drop them into spots. Mm-hmm. That's fun. These are do. good players. Yeah. And I'm thinking, all right, everybody's got one ball right here. We're in the trees. We need to. I want you to start it at that side of the fairway over there and hit a big hook up around and get it up within 30 yards. You got an easy up and down. The, you know, the pins in the middle of green, it's fairly safe up and down. And I would be, these are good players. I would be shocked at the setups that they're making to try to hit this shot. I'm thinking. There's no chance. So what I ended up having to do, I would hit the shot first, show them what I wanted, and then I would stand and set up to the shot, and they would get into my footprints. You probably haven't seen me do that because we haven't done a lot of outdoor teaching, but I'll get in the spot with my feet and the club alignment and mm-hmm. everything, and I'll move my right foot real slow, and they'll put their right foot in, then I'll move my left foot, put their left foot in, then they'll put the club face down, and I'll set them up, and they'll be like, what did you just do? I'm <laughs> like, that's how you have to set up to hit this shot. And they're like, what? I'm like, trust me, make your swing. Not a driving range yeah, setup. Make man. your swing now and watch, and they, you know, they, all of them are thinking, oh, my God, the ball has this massive hook on it. So the, the, the reason behind some of that is when I grew up, at the golf course I grew up at, which is the Island Country Club up in Deer Isle, Maine. This place is awesome. Small little course, nine holes. We would walk it. We'd play 54 holes a day. There was no driving range. It was out of the car. You chip and putt. You know, if you might spend some time on the chip and putt green, which we spent a lot of time there just playing games. But my brother and I would just play 54 holes a day, and you'd get bored sometimes. So right, you would right. be like, put yourself in crazy yeah. spots and have a contest. So – Without the driving range, we actually kind of learned to play better, I felt like. Like, it, I could score. It's funny. you. We were talking about that with Scott oh, a few weeks ago. Like, all the people that we could just think of off the top of our heads who grew up at courses without driving ranges were better scorers 
like Scott talked about when he went to college, not all these kids that would come from maybe a country club and they've always had the nice practice range yeah. and they spend all day. And we see that at Cartersville. They spend too right. much time on the range. There's so much time just spent beating balls on the range. And you go out on the course and you're like, oh my God, what is he trying to do? I mean, you got I, no chance. I mean, we had somebody come in the other day from, from out of town and we took him on the golf course. This is Division One college player. Took him on the golf mm-hmm. course and we get to the third hole and they put it in a kind of a downhill. Downhill side hill, downhill side hill, ball below feet, pitch shot with a with a short side, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, this is not a crazy hard shot. I mean, if they get set up halfway decent, kind of make a bunker swing at it, they can dump it down there within ten feet. You would have you could have put a hundred balls down, and they wouldn't have got it on the green. It was that bad of a setup, so I had to go through my song and dance to get in there get in my footprints mm-hmm. and the same thing. Really? I've never been taught to do this. You know, okay, now lean your weight down the hill. You've got to get the low point in a certain spot because the ball's on a different lie. And they make one swing, pop it on the green within 10 feet. And they're like, I've never been able to do that. You just, you, you got to learn those things by, by doing them or having a good player show you. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, even when we're around tour players, it's the best because I'm always picking their brain. Well, you've got to learn them by doing them, period. But if you've got a good player around you, you're going to learn them faster. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and it, it's where the art of the game is, right? We spend so much time in what we do, you know, studying and collecting data on the swing so you can take advantage of the artistic side of the game because that, that's where you score. You score when you're on the course. Yeah, because you're not going to hit every green. I don't know, the tour average is like 12 greens around or yeah, something. something like that. So, I mean, you've got to be able to get the ball up and down. And part of damage control is if you have a bad lie in the rough, you've got to get it somewhere near the hole, at least have a putt at it, even if it's 10, 15 feet. If, you're, if you have rounds where you're two chipping, what means you chip and then you have to chip again, that's to me, that's the worst of the worst. You should not have a situation where you're having to chip twice. I know a lot of you have. You skull it over the green, you chunk it. So part punch of damage. Punch out twice, yeah. chip twice. Part of damage twice, control yeah. is, you know, good game from 100 yards in. You don't have to be a physical specimen to get good from 100 yards in. No. You no. can just go to work on that. You know, watch some of our videos. We've got a lot of good content out there. You know, figure out how to make a decent distance wedge swing. Think, figure out a basic pitch, a basic chip, right? How to hit a shot out of the rough. Just a basic shot out of the rough. How to hit a bunker shot. How to hit a buried lie bunker shot. Stuff that comes up and around the golf, that, that's, your, that's a big part of damage control is can I get, at least get the ball in the green from a kind of a weird lie? And teach yourself how to read lies. Oh, my God. What a statement. Like, that's one. You're talking about damage control. There's a thread online right now. I'll tell you about this morning. The thread was, I think it was, how do I hit my driving iron out of thick rough? It's like a, uh, what do you even call that? I was like, call it, you don't. It's like, it's like how, how do I hit my driver out of thick rough? <laughs> don't. It's like a trick question. How do I hit my driving iron out of thick rough? <laughs> like, you don't, man. You how do I hit my through it out of a buried line in yeah. a bunker? It's about what it's like. It's like, wow, somebody's out there trying to hit their driving iron. They've, they've hit it and can't do it, and they're trying to learn how to do it. Yeah. That's frightening. That's part of damage control. Not yes. understand it. I mean, I've, I, man, I've, so many good stories with juniors. You know, you'd be out there, and the, the one, there's one in particular, you know, great player. <laughs> and we'd be playing golf, and 
she still takes lessons from me, so I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> be like, what are you doing? We be like, you know, we're 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 two sixty out. She's got a downhill lie, right? Downhill lie, not a great lie. Ball's sitting down a little bit in the ferry. She's got three wood out. <laughs> what are you doing? She's like, what? This is my two sixty club. Yeah, that was it. The yardage and that's it. Like, what are you talking about? I was like, Tiger Woods couldn't hit a three wood off this lie. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, all right, go ahead, hit it. Yeah. Top. Okay. Yeah. We done with that. You see this lie? This is not a three wood lie. It's not sitting up with a good lie, flat lie. Sitting your two sixty yeah. shot. Take your six iron, kind of punch cut one down there. It's not a stock swing. You have to learn how to kind of play with the lies. And um, I guess a long story short, the damage control is understanding, first of all, that there's not many real flat lies on the golf course except the tee box. That's technically the only flat lie. And it, it's not really perfectly flat because of drainage, but it's your best lie. It's your only time you put ball in hand other than the putting green and you're on a flat lie. Yeah. The rest of it's – And the cool part about, you know, Mike and I, you know, the way we teach the golf swing, we like to be able to teach a swing where you kind of – stop at any point and hit three quarter shots and half shots without having to make a massive reroute. And the cool part about that neutral golf swing, we call it, it actually, it holds up a little better on those uneven lies. Cause if you're a guy that has a swing that has a big loop and let's say you drop it way underneath, mm-hmm. if you're trying to hit a, like a three wood off a ball, a little bit below your feet or something, you are, you can't, you might bounce the club over the ball. Like you just start. I've seen that before. Absolutely. I'm telling you, it, it just doesn't work. So, you know, if, if, if you're having trouble with certain lies and, you know, you say, oh yeah, I need this damage control. Well, part of it might be, you know, a little bit of golf swing work, a little bit of understanding the different lies. And when your swing doesn't work on a certain lie, mm-hmm. you're like, you know what? I've got a, my swing drops too far underneath. I can't hit a ball with my three wood below my feet. I'm going to miss it. And we're going to run a little long, but it's yeah. such a great topic. We were talking to Keith at dinner the other night, and he was talking about when he was um, with Tiger, and he, he dropped the ball in a real grainy, into-the-grain pitch shot, kind of a front pin pitch shot over a bunker. And he was like, Tiger, how would you hit this? And he said, I wouldn't. He's like, one of the best players, maybe the best player ever, certainly one of the best short games ever. He's like, what do you mean you wouldn't hit this? He goes, this is a grainy lie. This thing can go anywhere, most likely going to get dumped short. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll take more loft, hit it 20 feet by, and take, take my chances with a putt. I'm just going to take my lumps. I've never heard of an amateur golfer say I wouldn't try to. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got this. <laughs> like, just with the normal setup. It, it's funny. It, it's almost like if we could take, it'd be a fun thing to do, actually. Take a take an average player that shoots kind of like high 80s. Yeah, you know, maybe low nineties, and just walk around with them for a month when they play, and it'd, it'd be, be so interesting. It would shave so many strokes. It would. And with the game you got now, I could tell you what shots not to try because I know you can't hit them like that three wood off a weird lie we we're talking about. I'd tell you when to punch out and where to punch out. I saw an interview with Colin Montgomery back when he was you know winning all the Order of Merits, and he said I could take seven strokes off of any amateur's game if I caddy for him. Yeah, I'm just telling you the shots yeah. to hit. First of all, I'm going to read your putts, you know, and that, that's helpel. <laughs> You're probably not going to three-putt anymore. I'm going to tell you when not to hit it above the hole. Yep. I'm going to tell you to stay away from certain parts of the golf course. Even if you're in the trees over here, I don't want you over here. Yep. Right? So all of a sudden, the, the course management becomes so important. And I guess that in the end, you know, that's all damage control, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. All of it. The course management. The For some folks, it starts hit. when they get online. The damage control should yeah. start there. And, and it was circling back around. If you want the number one damage control tip, I said at the beginning, when you're in the trees, the number one rule is get out of the trees without hitting the trees again. Yes. Do yeah. that for the next month. Do not hit the trees Twice. when you're coming out of the trees. Yeah. I don't care what you have to do. You have to put it out there and just your scores will come down. Don't two-tree it. Don't, don't two-chip two it. it. Don't, don't two-bunker it. Don't three-putt it. Yep. Yep. Don't try shots that you know you couldn't hit and your swing just won't function with that particular lie. Yeah. Do those things for the next month and report back. Love it. Yeah, stack the odds in your favor for a change. Okay. If you're enjoying these, please share them uh, on iTunes. Give us a five-star if you're enjoying them. Leave us a written review. It helps us, uh, more, helps us help more golfers. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to do. So thanks for listening.